The love hour. That was. Oh, you're doing it back here. Take one. <laughs> this late. That's why. That's what happens when you do the most. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Love Hour Podcast. I am your host, Miss Kev on stage. And Kev on stage is noticeably missing because we are putting the grand finale on our Four Women Only series. Thank you guys so much for the awesome reception that this series has had. It's brought me great joy. And so we are closing it out today, this week, with Dr. Jessica Shepard. Yay! Yay! I'm so glad I got to make it. I was so excited when you reached out. Oh, I'm so excited to have you I literally was talking to just or Dr. Jessica Dr. Shepard uh two or three days ago and yeah. I was like I feel like I hit the jackpot with the guests that we've had I feel like we just I don't know any other gr- better guests that I can get than and I know what them, I, have and I think they're year. phenomenal too they are amazing women um we connect I know Dr. King really mm-hmm. well and I feel like we have this task or this mission to Mm -hmm. empower women in their health and so i'm glad that we have this platform to do that oh i'm so excited that's all everything that i'm about is most definitely about um empowering women empowering couples Mm -hmm. but empowering the woman within the couple yes Um, and our health is no exception to that so i'm so excited thank you so much for joining us um so tell the people a little bit about yourself how long you've been practicing where you live your personal mission all of those things yeah so i you know i'm canadian First things first, yes, everyone take a gasp. Yes, I Canadian, didn't know that. born and raised, and um, my parents are Jamaican, so that's always. If you're from Canada and you're black, you're usually from the West Indies, so mm. that's that's a note. But Jamaican background, but you know, I think being an OBGYN, what really drew me to it initially was babies. Oh, you know, the babies, they're so great, and then I realized they don't really have bankers' hours, so <laughs> they show. Sure but I love being in the OR, so that's what pulled me to the GYN side and women's health, and just like. Like you said before in the intro, empowering women in their health, Mm -hmm. that is like my main mission. That is my passion. That's what I spend most of my time, whether it's in the office or I'm speaking or doing TV or doing podcasts, Mm -hmm. is allowing women to find that space where they feel empowered to do better for themselves in their health. Because it's like they're the nucleus of their family. So if they can start that legacy with them, then they can, it's like that ripple effect. They can make it go through But I did do a training, a surgical uh, fellowship. So that means after residency, Mm -hmm. after the five million years that we spend in school, (laughs) (laughs) I did two more years in just surgery Mm -hmm. because I really found that I could be powerful in the operating room. Mm. And I use that to be able to help women with their conditions. And most of them are fibroids. So we'll talk about that today. But I found ways to do surgeries that were innovative Um, And we can talk about some of those features throughout Mm -hmm. the podcast on how to give women their best outcomes surgically and not necessarily have to do big uh, incisions and Mm -hmm. scars. And so that's where I spend, I would say, most of my time in the office. When you think of like my clinical practice Mm -hmm. is a surgical gynecologist and then also menopausal mm. and sexual health Ooh. i love talking about sex we gonna we get that talk about it enough i it's, agree we, we think it's taboo uh we kind of put women in these boxes like adolescents especially in the black community 
your adolescents do not have like do not have sex so true. right and then they're like get married and then we want you to have babies and you're like but you realize you have to have sex to have the baby bingo and then after kids when you're going through menopause then they're like oh well all right well thanks so much for showing up i mean like that sounds like the worst sexual history ever so i hope that we get to talk about sexual health today that was awesome and i'm excited because yes everything you yeah. said i just want to say yes you're like yes, check yes, check yes yes Yes. Um, so what we're going to do with Dr. Shepard, of course, is cover basically like the like potluck of questions mm-hmm. that we receive. And I tried to group them so at least we have some sort of order. And then they were the most like most asked questions, so yeah. to speak. And then we'll get into the sex questions because those were yes. absolutely. We'll um, interject them here or there just so people are not too uncomfortable. So they don't get sweaty all at once. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Okay. So I'm super excited. So let's dive right let's in. Let's do it. Let's okay. Do it. So we're going to start with fibroids. Mm-hmm. I, overwhelmingly. Yes. This was the number one question that yep. I received was about fibroids which was interesting to me because I was like well what the heck are they like I Mm -hmm. had to kind of do my own research with them. So you felt when you were reading the questions that you were like oh like kind of I I don't know that much maybe I've heard of it yes which I'm so glad that you said that because obviously if I deal with them every day Mm -hmm. when I hear women say I've never heard about that in my head I'm like really Mm -hmm. so that I love that you were able to share that I there were so many questions like you are alone if you don't don't know know. Mm -hmm. what it is. Mm -hmm. Yes, definitely. Um, Literally, I was like, I need to educate myself because this clearly is Mm -hmm. an issue um, that women face and Mm -hmm. I could potentially face. So let me educate myself. So I had to do my own research. So for those women who are in the same boat as me, tell us Mm -hmm. what are fibroids? If I could like simply put it in like a paraphrase sentence or two, it is the most common benign. So benign means it's not cancerous. So it's not cancerous, it's the most common benign tumor of the pelvis. So when, and that's why I like to start it out that way is that it's the most common. So when women are diagnosed with it, they don't feel like, oh my gosh, I'm alone or I'm like an alien because I have a fibroid. Listen to the statistics. By the time women across all races Mm -hmm. are 50, 50% 50 will have fibroids. Wow. African-American women, listen to the number how it jumps. 75 to 80% by the time they're 50 will have fibroids. Right. So when we think of that number, it's like, wow, that's an astounding number. But what we do as clinicians is help women understand, yes, 75 to 80 percent of women, African-American women might have it. But you have those who have symptoms Mm -hmm. and those who don't Um, is for women to know if they have a symptomatic fibroid. Those are really the ones as a physician that we really pay attention to to help you through that symptomatology. But if if you get diagnosed with fibroids, you may not have to do anything at all. And so I really want women to understand, yes, so many women have fibroids, but we really focus on the ones that are tampering with people's lives. Gotcha. Yeah. So what are the, and I loved your definition, and actually I felt a like, hopefully you guys did too, like a... Oh, okay. Yes. Like, oh, it's common. Yes. Oh, it's benign. Mm-hmm. Oh, that you could have symptoms and not like I, every time it was like I released yeah. a little bit of like, oh, anxiety. Because it's out. like this one word. It's very inflammatory. Like, oh, my yes. God. And then we're like, no, let's get you to the place you need to be as mm-hmm. far as comfort and reassurance, because one, you're not alone. Right. But two, we can deal with this. Got you. Yeah. So tell us about 
the the fibroids and its effect on our lives. What are the symptoms? Yeah. So the most common symptom is very heavy bleeding. That's the number one yeah. thing people were talking about. And that's usually when women come into my office and we ask about their cycle. Oh, it's really heavy. And I dig a lot. So that's my job is to be like an investigator of your health. Mm -hmm. And so I'll say, well, how heavy? And how many days? And how long have you been dealing with this? And what I find is that women, which is very, very symbolic of what women do, is like we are so busy taking care of everyone else, we're not taking care of ourselves. And so they'll be like, oh my God, yeah, I've had three blood transfusions. You know, this has been going on for about 10 years. And I'm like, ma'am, ma'am. So, you know, it's like, let's sit here. Now you're not leaving until we figure out a solution. But it's usually heavy bleeding. And when you dig, you're like, wow. But you, if you think about it, many women, as they start their cycles, are told by their mothers, grandmothers, aunts, whoever, oh, this is normal. Right. Right. So we normalize it. So then they're like, oh, okay, this is normal. This is what I'm supposed to go right. through. Right. I'm not necessarily going to highlight it to my doctor that this is a problem and I, or I sh- uh, sleep with the plastic sheet on my mm-hmm. bed when I'm on my cycle or I always bleed through my clothes. Or, for example, there's a, a foundation called the White Dress Project mm-hmm. because it's highlighting when people are on their cycle, they will never wear white. Right? Amen. So that's, I mean, it's that whole like, Thing that happens to so many women, but we're not discussing it. Oh my gosh, I uh, so many things. Uh, <laughs> She's like so, so many, so things. many things. <laughs> Literally, part of the reason that I even decided to do this is because my own personal story. I mm-hmm. went to the doctor maybe two months ago, and um, I was having like chronic UTIs, and she was like, "Why haven't you come here beforehand?" And mm-hmm. I was like, "Oh, I just thought it was common. Like yeah. women go through this. It's no yeah. big deal." And so I'm telling her how often I have them, and she's like, "Ma'am." <laughs> She did a ma'am. Good for her. That's not normal. Like there yes. could be structurally something wrong with you. Right. Or, you know, you can, they could be one chronic long one and it can lead into it, a kidney infection. Like you need to come back. I want to high five like, that doctor listen. right now. And I was like, oh, okay. okay. I okay, guess I'll do better then. I didn't yes. know. Um, and so, again, I think it's so important that even if to have those, at least have those conversations yes. with our doctor to allow them to say, oh, nope, don't worry about mm-hmm. that. That's actually totally normal. Nothing to be concerned about. Right. Or let's, let's sit here and it. do a little bit more digging. Mm-hmm. So important. And just like you said, one, you, you thought it was normal. Mm-hmm. But two, I totally understand this. There is a, a lot of mistrust in the medical community mm-hmm. and the patient population, mm-hmm. right? So if you think like back historically, I mean, if you really want to take it back like Tuskegee, mm-hmm. right? So there are a lot of my patients who will be like, well, I would never tell you if something was wrong or I felt something was wrong because I don't know what you're going to do to me. Right. And furthermore, what you recommend may be bad for my health and you're just trying to trap sure. me. Mm-hmm. I hear that all the time. Mm-hmm. And so, again, that's my job to reassure and allow patients to release that information and for me to take it and say okay well here's what i would like to do i need you to feel comfortable in that space and then we can proceed oh my gosh because that's not how medicine used to be it used to be like okay i tell you what to do you do it and then look where it got us Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of emotional uh, background to fibroids and any women's health issue and we have to do better as physicians i mean i'll just say it you know as when you come in where can i meet you physically but also emotionally and so mentally good. and it and it's hard sometimes but it has to be done or else you're just not going to get that relationship that you want so just true. like you said open up the discussion if we're not talking about it 
we don't really know. don't know where we are. Yep. Yeah. So true. So good. One of the things that's been so encouraging to me with having all of my guests and hopefully for um, our viewers as well is knowing that there are doctors out there that we can find that mm -hmm. care, mm -hmm. that we can have these discussions with and um, we feel like it's a safe space. It should be a safe them. space. I even tell my patients, if you feel we don't vibe, please go get a second opinion. Oh it gosh, will Dr. never Kingston. offend me. So it good. will never offend me because I want you to feel comfortable in the decisions you make for your health because you're your best advocate. Oh, so good. Like, why would I be offended? Mm -hmm. Like, say, like, if you went to a hairstylist and she was, like, jacking up your hair every time, would you be like, I'm just going to keep going back to her? <laughs> And well, I hope not. Pleasing days, I absolutely <laughs> would, but I'm trying to do better right. about that. Uh, but it is so empowering for us to hear that that's okay. I don't yep. have to worry about sparing your feet. I'm my best advocate. Yeah. So advocate for myself. I'm yep. not getting what I want. I'm not getting what I need. I don't feel like we gel. I can move on to someone else. I've had patients who I'm like their fourth, like mm -hmm. opinion. And, and at first I'm like fourth. Wow. <laughs> but I'm like, so now I've given you this consult go home and look over those four opinions and go to who you feel is going to do you so the best good. service. So good. Um, while we're here, we want to yeah. talk about servicing your grandmama because it is the <laughs> holidays and yeah. with the holidays, you got to give gifts to your mama, your mm -hmm. daddy, your uncle, your whole family wants a gift. And so I want to tell you about an excellent gift, especially during the, ho uh, the holiday season, which is Canvas People. You guys already know yes. how we feel about Canvas People. You guys have supported us in helping our um, this space with Canvas people on the podcast. So thank you guys so much. They offer beautiful photos and they come in like these, um, like you can get the try ones, you can get the single ones. Uh, we've showed you the one that we have at our house that's literally in my living room. I'm it is my, oh my gosh, it's beautiful. I love it. It's a great, great gift. And gifts. because of the relationship that you guys have with us and the relationship that Con Canvas people have with us, we're here to offer you a great deal that you guys love. So listen up. Right now, for a limited time, Canvas people is offering their popular 11 by 14 photo canvas for free. Hmm. Did you say free? Child, I said free. <laughs> Ain't nothing better than free. That's right, free. These normally sell for $69.99, but for this week only, you will pay nothing except shipping and handling. You will get your free canvas by texting the word Kevin, that's K-E-V-I-N, to 484848. Just pay shipping and handling. This offer won't last. Text Kevin, K-E-V-I-N, to 484848. One more time, Kevin, to 484848. Listen, people, get your canvas. It's the holiday season. You know you need to give a gift to somebody. You don't know what to get. you just struggling in your mind. You're getting a headache thinking about it. You're getting anxiety. Get yourself a canvas. That's all I got to say. Somebody's had a baby. Somebody's yes. getting married. Christmas is coming up. Anniversary's coming up. Get them a canvas. And then you're done. And done. Wrap. That's a wrap. That's she a just wrap. gave you your entire Christmas I list. sure did, child. Yes. All right. Let's go back to fibroids. Are they hereditary? Yes. Oh, they are. Absolutely. Which is why we have this, the statistic that we are saying 75 to 80% of African-American women. So here's the million dollar question, which I hope I can answer. Okay. <laughs> Billion dollar question. Okay. Mm -hmm. Is why we know they're hereditary, but we have to find that genetic predisposition. So that's where the research is required. But the problem is 
we need research dollars. Mm. So there are two things I want to bring up when we think of research. One, it's a women's health issue and a black women's issue. So I do feel it gets put to the back burner. Yeah. So a lot of research dollars are not allotted to sure. fibroid research. The other thing is I really want women to understand when there are studies that are being done, it is so hard for us to pass that mm. point of being trustful of these studies that are being done, mm -hmm. but they're needed because we need patients in order to study why this is a genetic predisposition. So we know that that's a part of it, but it's not the only thing. Okay. So when we think of factors that allow women to have more fibroids or maybe the ones that are bigger that are causing the symptoms, we know that there are things that play into factors such as obesity, diet mm. is a big part of it. And that's why I have now incorporated wellness into my practice so much because diet and exercise is such a big part of who we are, how we can be at our best health, so and true. our longevity. Our mm -hmm. longevity. Mm -hmm. We can't expect to be that best person forever if we're feeding it trash. Did you hear what I said? Say it again, because I don't think the if people in the back are heard If we are feeding you. our bodies trash, they cannot expect to put their body out and have longevity. And I tell patients this all the time. It's it's almost as if. We run our body ragged, mm -hmm. and then in our older ages, we're like, hey, can you like show up for me? And it's like, uh, I can't show up for you because you really didn't help me before. So, so if, we, if <laughs> we put something that our bodies can use later, it's just like investing money. You, know? you want it to show up for you later, but you have to put the work in. So we know that diet and exercise plays a big part because the fibroids cause an inflammatory kind of environment internally, okay. right? And not necessarily that it's bad, you're just walking around like a, a pile of inflammation. Mm -hmm. But if we know that there are ways with your diet and exercise to decrease that inflammation, that's where the wellness part comes yes. into fibroids. Mm -hmm. And so it's not to say so. And here's where we go into the information that's on Dr. Google. I love Dr. Google. He's very popular. I don't know where he quite got his medical degree, but he's very popular, <laughs> right? But the stories that are out there. So I've heard relaxers. Mm. If you relax your hair. Uh, will you get fibroids, the diet you eat. So there are a lot of things out there that scientifically haven't been proven. Mm -hmm. But I do advocate for people to live their best lives when we think of diet and exercise and decreasing obesity to decrease some of those factors. But it can't be the one and only thing. Got so you. if you can't be all vegan, expect to never have fibroids. Right. Yes. So just making sure that you fi find that balance of how you can live holistically in your best way. Mm -hmm and not have this expectation that because I cut out all red meat and gotcha. no eggs and no dairy, I'm never gonna have a fibroid because we know genetics play a big part of that. So then the question is, is there, I think this was so good and I yep. wanna recap because I wanna make sure people heard that what you're actually saying is our bodies are nuanced. Mm -hmm. And so what may work for someone else may not work for you. So figure out right. what does work for yes, you and to the best of your ability yeah. and then maybe your symptoms decrease and yes. this person doesn't but you figured out what works for you absolutely i've had patients who have heavy bleeding again mm -hmm. most common symptom of fibroids and i'm like you know what let's see what we can do from your end as far as a homework mm -hmm. side and some of them are like i'm gonna i'm gonna do this i'm gonna start exercising and change my diet and then they come back and like my bleeding is not horrific, mm -hmm. it's not no, no bleeding, mm -hmm. but I can deal with this. So my quality of life is, is now better. And those are the things I really reach for because you can't have heavy bleeding and then no bleeding. Right. 
if you don't I got you. have that mid. So it's that balance. Mm-hmm. And just to go back to you know how people say, well, I'm going to be completely vegan, never get a perm. I've had a patient, and I will never forget her. This is when I used to live in Chicago. She was tall, lean, athletic. She used to like run marathons. She was vegan, mm-hmm. never put a perm in her hair. She had one of the biggest fibroids wow. I've ever seen. So she's like my, sometimes my point of reference of when I'm like, you can have all of those things that right. you think cause fibroids and yet still show still up with the fibroid. Got you. Right. So good. So, so good. So um, hereditary. Yes. Yes. So good. We talked about the signs and the symptoms. One question that kept mm-hmm. coming up, if I'm done bearing children, what are my options to minimize or eradicate the symptoms of yes. fibroids? This is like, I would say in my practice specifically right now, um, my sweet spot of patients are exactly those patients. Oh, nice. Either one, they don't want kids, and, and I'm fine with that, or they've had kids and they're done. But they're like, I don't necessarily want to get rid of my uterus, mm-hmm. which again, hysterectomy mm-hmm. is an option and it's not necessarily a bad option. Okay. So there are women who are like, I'm done, say bye-bye, and they want it out. And then some who are like, you know, I'm not necessarily ready. So my job is to find you where you are with mm-hmm. that decision and present options to you Based on depending that. on where you are. That's so good. That so you're journey. not pushing. I'm never, I've had women who come to me and they're like, well, my 33 year old I had last mm. week who was like, yeah, she hasn't had kids. Mm. So I'm like, well, why would someone tell you can only get a hysterectomy? I've heard that very often, especially in the black community. So I know it's out there. I know it's real. Um, and I find that you have to allow the patient to be where they are. I've had patients who I'm like, why are you keeping this? Mm-hmm. It is not doing anything for you. And they refuse to have it out. So I have to now provide them options in order for them to keep their uterus, <laughs> even though inside I'm like killing me. <laughs> so I have, we have so many surgical options, which is why I love the surgical part of my practice that allow women to have minimal invasive procedures to help with their fibroids. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you an example. I want it. Assessa. So Assessa is a radiofrequency laser ablation that okay. is done laparoscopically. So that's okay. that minimal invasive surgery that I do that just treats the fibroid. So it treats the fibroid to decrease it in size, to decrease those symptoms, which then allow you to not have those symptoms, but not get rid of your uterus. Right? I got you. So it's like though, like women haven't even heard of that. So I'm like, oh my gosh, so I'm all about options. Then there is an endometrial ablation, which you can do inside the cavity of the uterus to help with bleeding and not have to get rid of your uterus. So again, there are probably five things. There's an IUD that has progesterone in it. People are scared of IUDs. Did you? Mm-hmm. Did you tell us more? Well, mm-hmm. we learned about progesterone, but within yes, our yes, but the cycle. IUD, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that progesterone IUD is the business. I, I have one. Um, just tell to, us what it does. So what it does is it allows. It's a long-acting form of birth control. Kay. So you place it in the uterus in the office. It is not horrible to place. It's uncomfortable, but not horrible. I got you. See the difference? Mm-hmm. People like to mm-hmm. polarize. And you put it in, and the job of the IUD is to one, provide contraception, but two, it emits daily a very small amount of progesterone, which counteracts estrogen and keeps that lining thin so you don't bleed. Did you hear what I And said? we learned this. We're going to go back really quickly. Yeah. If you l- well, listen to the episode with the period doctor, mm-hmm. that during the phases of your cycle, the um, uterus this is... This is your test. Let me see yes, if you know about the cycle. building up, 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 yes. up. At the midpoint, you have ovulation. It's hanging out saying, are we pregnant? Are we pregnant? Yes. We're not pregnant. And then it sheds, which is your period. That see? lining sheds. So that means that podcast was amazing because look at her Shut explaining the menstrual cycle. The <laughs> and so what you're saying is what this... It keeps you I, in a... 
D. Longer state of that buildup that mm -hmm. you were explaining, it keeps that down. So there's no tissue that's building, so there's nothing to shed. Hmm. So it's almost like, I almost want to say, it's almost like getting rid of your period. Yeah. In or the at least sense thinning of, it. Yeah, so it's thinning the lining, so when your body is getting ready to shed, there's nothing that's to it. shed. Right. Yeah. I got it. So that it's like it's like me. that lawnmower that's always keeping the, the lawn. That trimmed. was a good analogy. You know, I you love like a good that? analogy. <laughs> that was good. Analogies, I think, are the best yes. way for people to visualize and be What's like, going oh, on. that makes sense. I can grab hold of that. Yep. I got it. Ooh, that was good. Okay. Ooh. I be liking when like all the episodes come together. But and you I'd did good. I mean, moment. you just explained like the entire, you could teach a med school class now. Listen, I did med school for dummies in four <laughs> episodes. Okay. Like I'm out here. Give me my OBGYN We just need to get name. you a certificate so we can yes. hang it right there in the back. Right there in the back. <laughs> um, so good. So I love that there are options available yes. for people options, that options, don't options. include a hysterectomy yes. totally for because I can understand being like emotionally tied mm -hmm. to that. Although at this point in my life, I would be like, so yo, so listen, yeah, take it out like deuces, right? Bye, bye. Mm -hmm. And just so you know, great question. I think when I ask these questions, why don't you want it out? Because I always want to know so that we have an understanding of sure. why you came to that mm -hmm. decision. A lot of them say, but I don't want to lose my hormones. Mm -hmm. And that's where I'm like, thank God I asked you because taking out your uterus from a hysterectomy, we don't remove ovaries. Most gynecologists or OBGYNs will not remove ovaries. Isn't that like a total hysterectomy or something? No. Isn't that a oh, word? I'm so glad you... Thank you. Us, Thank you for us. that question. So total, I hear total and partial all mm -hmm. the time. Mm -hmm. But actually, that's wrong terminology. Ooh. But we started it. Doctor started. started. I'm like, we started something and now we we can't control it. <laughs> now y'all need to re-educate us. <laughs> but the you have your uterus okay. and then you have your ovaries off to the side. They mm -hmm. are not really attached. They're separate organs. Okay. So when you go in and do a total hysterectomy, you're taking your uterus mm -hmm. and your cervix. That's a total. Oh. A partial technically means if you take the uterus and not the cervix. Oh. But both of them never took the ovaries but we assume total that we were cleaning everything I out did. and taking the ovaries as well whenever that was the case that but was that's good. okay i hear it i mean i hear it every week that was a myth that has yes. been dispelled that i didn't so even know I, I ovaries let me tell you they are the powerhouse of the pelvis they estrogen is like a one i really feel estrogen is a wonder drug hmm. so when we do take the ovaries that's when you get menopause and that's what women are afraid of but that's not what we're accomplishing when we do a hysterectomy Girl, you just dispelled a myth I didn't know I was holding on to. It was a whole lot. I thought that with a hysterectomy meant you were being medically induced into menopause. Right. I mean, th I hear it all, all the time. But ovaries, usually nowadays, and, and I would say even when I was training in residency, we typically didn't take ovaries unless we needed to. But prior to that, yes, ovaries were taken a lot. And so now we usually try to preserve them unless there's a reason why we should take them. Or if you're getting a hysterectomy and you're like in your 50s or 60s and you already were menopausal. Mm, so now you don't even need the, your ovaries anyway, right? Got you. Uh, oh, okay, one more question. So if, what would be the reason mm -hmm. I would need my ovaries removed anyway? So if Ovarian you had, cancer. Yes, definitely. We'd be like, mm -mm, take that out. Please, Jesus, take both of them out. Or if you had like a cyst on your ovary that was very big. Mm -hmm. So just so you know, I know that there are people here who have heard that they have ovarian cysts. Mm -hmm. ovarian, that's what our ovaries do. That's their job, to make cysts every month. They're like, we're going to make cysts every <laughs> month. <laughs> and then you don't get pregnant. And they're like, oh, bye-bye, cysts. So if you hear... 
that you have an ovarian cyst, that is not a bad thing. Gotcha. Your ovary is doing what it's supposed to be doing. What we're concerned about is the size of the cyst or what's in the cyst. Mm. So if you have, say, a cyst that keeps coming back and it's very large or ruptured, people have heard of ruptured cysts, that's when it causes pain. So those are reasons we might say, you know what, let's go ahead and take that ovary. The good thing is that Jesus, he's smart, you know. He is. He was like, let me go ahead and give you two so that if you take one, the yeah. other one will compensate as if you had two, just like your kidneys. Right. If you lost one, the other one could kind of churn out as if you had two, and lungs. See, Jesus is smart. He He's knew. a great He's engineer, He's like, let me, let me give knowing. you two of them, so if you get rid of one, you still have a working one. I love that. Yeah. Um, okay, I might have one more question. I no, think, I think we should covered. do like, like 10 million questions. Listen, I think fibroids, we have like, I've been yes. learning. So does um, fibroids or can they affect fertility? Yes. Oh, they, they can. can. They can. Now, again, going back to, I'm so glad we started out the segment with that of if you have fibroids, it does not mean that there's something wrong with sure. you. Mm-hmm. So there are women who have fibroids and then have a fertility. So there, I like to call them two separate pillars, meaning as a physician, it's our job to decide if fibroids are impacting your fertility or not because they're not synonymous it does not mean if you have fibroids you you have infertility issues or if you have fertility issues that it's due to your fibroids Mm -hmm. so that's when i work with infertility specialists and what we do is we look you know imaging ultrasound or mri and decide based on the location and size or amount of fibroids that this woman has do we think it's going to impact her ability to one conceive Mm. so that's a difference and carry because there are two different things there are some women who have fibroids but their infertility issue is getting the sperm to the egg or getting you know the quality of eggs so that's a fertility issue oh my but gosh, they can I need still to do a carry episode episode is what you just yes, told me yes absolutely so they then but then they can carry but they still had fibroids or vice versa mm. they can get pregnant but they can't, can't carry, carry because of the fibroids so it really it really requires a a fine tuned look at it to decide do we need to take these fibroids out in order for you to be or to conceive because mm-hmm. I have had many patients who come to me and they're scared and they're like I have fibroids and I can't get pregnant and I'm like based on the location of what I'm looking at That's how about you prove to me that you can't get pregnant first before I go and do a major surgery on you and they're like okay some are a little hesitant mm-hmm. but I have plenty of them who come back and get pregnant and they carry so but I have a few who are like definitely this is impacting your fertility and your ability to carry let's take care of these fibroids and so you can do your fertility portion of your of your life yeah that was that was a dense rich ep- uh, little segment right yes. there on fibroids i hope that we answered all of your questions yes. i you've answered questions i didn't know i had uh you <laughs> just killed some untruths i didn't know i was yes. holding on to i thought that that was a really dense y'all should probably listen to that twice i think maybe three just yeah. do like just loop it loop seriously that was that was good thank you you're so welcome yeah no thank you so much because um again that was a huge portion of the questions coming in we're on and i hope it reassures women i do too because there's so many women out there who have these questions and don't know where to get the answers or are intimidated when they go to the physician office or the information they get in the the physician office, they're like, I don't even know where to start with that. I don't even know how to digest that. Mm -hmm. And so then it creates this barrier and then it 
prevents them from going to get more information. So there's so much that I hope I'm able to dispel, but also educate yes. and allow them to become their best advocate. Child, advocate for yourself. Yes. Uh, speaking of hormones, did we speak about them? Sure. Uh, I want to tell you about <laughs> my acne-prone skin that I have. Uh, it is so terrible. And around that time of the month, child, I always get somebody's breakout somewhere mm -hmm. just because my skin betrays me despite the good... <laughs> and the money that I spend on taking care of it. <laughs> and so I want to tell you about Bloom. You guys know about Bloom. I use their Meltdown, which is a powerful mm. blend of natural ingredients that take down pimples just like that, honey really? child. Just I'm going to need some Bloom go away. Life. Is that B-L-U-M-E? Yes, ma'am. Okay. B-L-U-M-E. It does not contain harsh chemicals, no benzoyl peroxide, no salicylic acid, sulfates, or parabens. It's vegan and cruelty free, and it is pregnancy safe. So, mm. child, you can mm -hmm. carry, conceive, and do all the things. <laughs> and zap your... And zap your acne. And zap your acne all at the same time. <laughs> this sounds like a win, win, win. Um, so if you're interested, you guys know how I feel about this. I've used this over and over. I keep a little tube of this in my bathroom on my vanity because I have acne prone skin. Right now, our listeners will get 25% off and free shipping. You guys know how I feel about free shipping. It ain't a real good deal unless you get free <laughs> shipping. When you text OUR, that's H-O-U-R to 797979. This is a special offer you can't get anywhere else. And you support our show when you support our sponsors. And by supporting our sponsors, it allows me to have fantastic guests like Dr. Shepard and all of the other guests that we've had this month. Um, when you support our sponsors, it allows us to do different things on the podcast. So thank you so much for considering uh, taking the opportunity to support them and control your acne at the same time. Uh, so again, what you're going to do is text OUR, that's H-O-U-R to 797979 to get 25% off Meltdown Spot Treatment by Bloom. If you don't love it, return it for a full refund. No questions asked. That's H-O-U-R to 797979. And we're about to jump into the sex portion of this conversation. But before we do, part. I want to tell you about Lola. They I are Lola. a female. I do too. We actually were talking yeah. about this before we got on. Lola is a female-founded company. Y'all know how I feel about female-founded mm -hmm. anything. Uh, with offering a line of organic cotton tampons, pads, liners, and all-natural cleansing wipes. And they have sex products. And we be needing... Ooh, tell me about those sex products. The sex products that are gentle on our bodies yes. and won't have us needing to go see our OBGYN <laughs> over and for over antibiotics <laughs> because this didn't do what we thought it was going to do. And now our insides are all jacked up. Uh, Lola's subscription is fully customizable. You can mix in... Uh, Choose your mix of products, your absorbency, the number of boxes, the frequency of delivery, and customize it to what makes sense for your life. You can change, skip, or cancel. Um, Kevin has a subscription service to something else, and um, he's going I out you were of town. Say he had a subscription to, to Lola. This, not to Lola, <laughs> to something else. And he needed to um, <coughs> cancel the subscription because he's going out of town tonight. And I was like, this: these are the factors that people need that allows mm -hmm. you to not waste money and waste product and having it just sitting in your house collecting dust where you feel like you want to just forget the whole thing yeah. so the fact that you can cancel skip or change your um, the time and frequency of your deliveries is amazing because you can customize it to your lifestyle Lola is known for its line of period products made with organic cotton additionally it offers sex products made with women in mind sex by Lola is a line of gynecologist approved sex health and wellness products lubricated condoms personal lubricants mm -hmm. and cleansing wipes designed first and foremost with women in mind because in a patriarchal society things aren't always created first 
with us in mind. Exactly. The Sex by Lola line is available for subscription. You can add your peer subscription so everything is conveniently delivered on your ideal schedule. Right now, for 30% off your first month's subscription, all you need to do is visit mylola.com and enter promo code LOVEHOUR30 when you subscribe. Again, you're going to go to mylola.com, enter LOVEHOUR30 when you subscribe, and you will get 30% off your first first month's subscription. All right, Dr. Shepard, girl, we're done doing good. (laughs) We just have about five more hours to get in. Yes. Okay. Let's talk about, um, I have like a bunch of questions, but I kind of want to go straight into the sex questions. Like yeah, I said. let's do it. Dive um, in. Yes, Was dive in. Yes. Dive in. I, I just learned that's Trey song, <laughs> so I'm about to dive in. Um, number one sex question that I got. Help us women with low libidos. Yes. What can I do? What causes it? What? What? So what? There are two reasons okay. which I think affect libido. So one of them is one we were talking about ovaries, right? Can I take a time? Can you explain to us exactly what libido is? Yes. Okay. Libido, I think that people feel were cups and libido just pours itself in. Girl, yes. <laughs> That's not quite how Fill it works. up my libido cup, please. <laughs> <laughs> but libido actually requires homework on our end as well. Mm. But I do think society, societal has has taught us that libido is this thing that we just automatically have. But really, there's an intimacy portion, right? A sexual health portion of libido Preach. that many times we completely miss. But it's not our fault because we were never taught that, mm-hmm. right? So remember we said those segments of life in a woman's that are like, don't have sex, have sex, okay, don't have sex. Yes. So when you get to that, a lot of it has to do with menopause. Yes. So when you go through, average age of menopause is about 52. So when you get to 52, we're, when you're explaining the menstrual cycle so mm-hmm. well, and you're talking about the estrogen going up and the proge- estrogen at that point is like, sayonara, I'm sorry, you're 52, so I'm gonna exit stage left. <laughs> so it exits stage left over a course of time, but eventually it's like, no more. Mm-hmm. Now, when I was saying estrogen is like that wonder drug, mm-hmm. that's really for women what gives us our drive, our ability to um, have those desires, I guess you can say. Okay. But we also have to tune into intimacy and sexuality much different than we ever thought. So that's why when I think of menopause, I think of it as a transition and a journey. And we should really shouldn't look at it as, oh, my God, my life is horrible now and it's over. But you actually have to change up here so more than you think. I'm going to quiz you. Okay. What is the largest sex organ? Your mind. Oh, you got it. Oh, you get a high five. I teach yes. that. Yes. <laughs> and so we... Typically, we're not taught to use this. And so when we get to menopause and our estrogen is gone, in addition to this not being trained, we're like, well, what do I do next? Now my my estrogen is gone and I don't even know how to use my mind as a sex organ. And so we get to this point where now we're completely drained and we just expect it to pick back up. The other thing is that there are a lot of medications that we use um, that affect libido. So whether you're on... Maybe some some oral contraceptives, so like birth control mm. pills, can affect libido. So if you feel like you're younger and you're not menopausal, obviously, because you're on birth control mm-hmm. pills, that if that is something that you've noticed a change in since when you track back, say, what medications am I on um, that might affect that? Mm-hmm. So some um, depression medications sure. can affect mm-hmm. libido. So it really is sometimes looking back at what you're taking. Sure. Also, 
what did we talk about? Diet and exercise. Diet and exercise. So endorphins are a big part of how we feel about ourselves and sexual um, energy. So you'll find that people who increase their endorphin release, which is people who exercise, do have the ability to, again, have that kind of, you know, I feel like a little buzz. And also, I would say that we have, women don't know this, but we have a level of testosterone. Mm. It's just not as much as men. Mm -hmm. um, and so men, obviously, because they have a lot of testosterone, we know what that means. Yes, Their sex do. drive is like really like, out, uh, they are just wired different, mm -hmm. which we can attribute to hormones because yes. they have so much more testosterone. So we have our own little supply of testosterone that also slightly decreases after menopause. Mm. So those are things that could be brought back up when we think of estrogen and testosterone in our hormone replacement therapy. Got it. Right? So those are things like I do in my office where you can get pellets or you can get it by tablet. There are a lot of, and that's why I'm saying innovation is amazing because women will come to my office with the same complaint. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh my gosh, there's suppositories that release DHEA, which is a form of testosterone, okay. which can help um, with your libido. You can get um, your hormone replacement therapy. So it's really structuring where am I in my life, why mm -hmm. I might have this issue, what medications am I taking, um, am I eating right? Am I eating foods, again, that are going to fill that pot of me being at my best health? And then also mentally. Where are you mentally? Because if our, sex is our largest, um, if, if sex is our largest, <laughs> obviously I talk about sex a lot. But if brain is our, our largest sex organ, are we really tapping into that? So many of my patients, you know where I send them? Sex therapists. And people think that. that sex therapists are just for people who have sex addiction. Absolutely not. There are people who need to learn how to, one, be intimate in mm -hmm. their relationships. Two, if they've had any issue mentally, emotionally, physically with their health, and now they have to re-enter a sexual relationship, how do they do that? People who've had abuse, sexual abuse in their mm -hmm. life, do not know healthy, sometimes healthy sex relationships. So good. And so I send uh, people to sex therapists a lot because we're not, we just don't tap into that. Oh, so good. And that affects libido. That was a short answer. <laughs> <laughs> I think that that was so good and it is something that we have talked about on this mm -hmm. podcast and I've talked about it during our live podcast yeah. is that our mind is our biggest sex organ yes. and um, while I know that you said it differently and I heard it mm -hmm. um, that, that was a little churchy but I, I held I held on you to heard what it. you just said I heard it she's going to do a good. church dance after I am <laughs> um, so so for those people who mm -hmm. are non-menopausal yep. uh suggestions would be diet exercise csx therapist yes and when you say intimacy you're literally talking about the connection between you yes. and your spouse how are you communicating during sex let me tell you something sex is pretty much taught penis insert girl you are all up in my and love I'm hour like, live and i'm like no yeah but did you know that there's outer course did you know Ooh, that something doesn't always course. have to be inserted mm. vibrators I talk about vibrators all the time because one, you can use it in your relationship with your partner, whether that's same sex, whether that's a heterosexual um, relationship or whether you don't have a partner at the time. Right. Mm -hmm. And so it's, again, figuring out what you like, what stimulates you, how to stimulate yourself, because there are different ways that you can reach that climax. Sure. And so I think that vibrators are very should be a, a healthy part of um, women's lives and men's as well. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we're talking about women today, even when they're older. So I <laughs> I have a lot of clutching pearls in my wellness visits with my postmenopausal women I who did are like it in, my in mind. their 60s. And I'll be like, how's your sex life? And they're like, 
she just asked me but my, mm-hmm. she was like ma'am I'm just here for my pelvic exam <laughs> listen and keep I'm the like, main thing the main thing but then I dig I'm like well how many times a week are you having sex and they're like ooh I'm on this but they can't leave they're in a paper gown they're like naked I'm like so you're stuck so you're stuck so <laughs> and answer then I'll my say question. do you have a vibrator and then then they're like Jesus come and get me from this room <laughs> but I just want to start the conversation mm-hmm. and I want them to understand there's so much more to their health that we're not encompassing sexual health, emotional health, but also physical health. Mm. It contributes to our physical health. And we have studies. So this is where evidence-based medicine comes in. I love it. We know that sex contributes to a healthier life. Mm. And people who have healthy sex lives have better overall health. So it is a wellness. Huh? It's a wellness topic. Sex. I, you never knew. That you learned today. I did it now. <laughs> That was good. I think that um, a lot of times as women, Mm -hmm. when we're thinking about libido, what we often want is the pink Viagra pill. Yes. And because that doesn't exist, because Mm -hmm. it's so different hormonally, our makeup is different, that that's not, I don't even know if that will ever be truly an option for us. Mm -hmm. And so we end up needing to do a lot more work, it feels like, than men do. You can't just pop a Viagra and all is well and, you know, your soldiers are at attention. And we sex differently. Like, we're more emotional in our sex and men are very physical. I mean, but it doesn't mean that we're not physical and when we think of sexual intercourse or intimacy, but we usually base a lot of how we feel about Mm -hmm. the experience and how it was on our emotions. Men are just like, did I climax? <laughs> and, and then they're like, okay, that was good. And you're like, but you, what? So th- you have to encompass that part of it as well. That was good. And then also I find that when we think of libido and, and intimacy, like you were saying, we want that quickness with it. Mm-hmm. I think we are in a society where we're like quick return mm-hmm. and never have women, if you look at our track record of when they actually studied orgasm, women do this, men do this. So we have to find a way to climb rather than men just, they peak really quickly. But we need that workup, that talking, that sensation, that feeling, that to get to that point where we're gonna climax and and do it well. I mean, if you're gonna do it, you wanna do it well, right? 100%. Right, so I think that that, we miss that. But again, it's not always our fault because we were never taught that. So good. But also we didn't teach men Mm -hmm. how we play in that sexual relationship. So now it's this misogynistic, uh, oh, penis in, okay, good, all right, thanks. And that's it. And that was it. And you're like, oh, well, that wasn't very eventful. <laughs> you have just deconstructed, um, and not every woman, I, I wanna be clear right. that this, this is, is not a 100% blanket, every woman falls into the category of what we're talking about, but there are a lot of women who do. Mm-hmm. And so deconstructing, because I have felt in my own journey, I'm um, like, oh my God, this is like so much work. I have to right. do so much. <laughs> I don't understand why this is like, give me a pill and like, right, let's move right, on. Right. Um, but it's so nice to hear that part of the reason is mm-hmm. because when I look at what it takes to get me there, those are the same things that I need to target to get yeah. me there. Yeah. And so um, it, it, it could you could look at it as a lot more work, but it's just more targeted. It's more, mm-hmm. and so I need to do the steps. Like if I feel emotionally connected, if I feel good about myself, if I feel good about my body, if my mind is mm-hmm. in the right space um, and I can get there, then when I'm not, I need to address those same factors. Right. Or tuning into that sexual moment. Again, we multitask so much, so a lot of times when we're actually in the moment, we're thinking about. So true, mindfulness. Who's gonna pick up the kids tomorrow, I wonder? As you're like literally. 
so you know true. what I mean? So we're yes. still planning as we're doing when really you need to. That's what mindfulness has taught me. Dr. Rachel's episode. Yes. Child. That w- is what mindfulness has taught me so much is to be in that moment. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to just be in that moment. But you actually have to learn how to you do. extract yourself from the outside factors and be in that moment. And and that's been mind-blowing for me <laughs> is mindfulness is like be in the moment I mean obviously there are times when I can't it's a quickie whatever mm-hmm, it just mm-hmm. needed to happen and I'm quite fine with that but there are moments where I'm like I'm not here in the moment and so I'm missing out and so I need to use those techniques whether it's using a mantra whether it's music whether it's pulling out a vibrator I don't care what it is but you have to learn mindfulness in order to appreciate that and I do yoga mm. Oh, yoga that was good. Helps. I don't do yoga while I'm having sex, though. I wasn't sure. <laughs> just where a that disclaimer, was going. in case you're wondering. I just think yoga helps with mindfulness. I think so too. I'd need to start um, doing yoga and just like practicing stillness. We should have a podcast where we're doing yoga while we're doing the podcast. Oh my god! I didn't know what you were gonna say. <laughs> you're like, where is this going? Because yeah, we're talking going about on? sex. Like, yes. Do I clutch my pearls now? <laughs> um, oh my god, that was so good. I just love you right now. You're doing all the things that I I didn't know I needed to be the end of this podcast, like this series. Um, You are wrapping it up nicely because so many of the prior episodes are weaving into this Mm -hmm. one so nicely. You planned well. It's giving me like all the butterflies. I feel really good right now. (laughs) Um, Our last sponsor for the podcast really quickly while we're talking about feeling good and looking good is Third Love. I'm so freaking Mm. excited because you guys know how I feel about their love in real life they're the bra I do not feel the rush to take off at the end of the day that says a lot because as women that's the number one thing we want to take off at the end of the day and I'm even more grateful because I have a book club it's called the book club booze and I love uh, the book club booze we just finished shout out to you guys the boo hive Uh, we just finished our my first giveaway I'm giving away a huge box with all of these things and included in the box is a third love bra I'm so excited for the winner and I asked her yesterday, I was like, make sure you go on their website. You're going to take your Fit Finder quiz, answer all the questions. They take into account your brush size, the shape. Is it droopy? Is it wide? Child? All the factors. And then they give you a recommendation based on the way you answer the questions to say mm. this is the size that most appropriate um, will fit you. Because as women, we'd be out here thinking we know and we'd be having gaps in our bras. Our shoulders hurt. Mm-hmm. This back here hurts. We have indentations. We have bras that are uncomfortable and don't fit right because we all know what we do doing and so third love has decided let me help y'all as a population Mm -hmm. do this quiz answer these questions and we can more um better assess what will be your bra size and make sure that the girls are just like jesus high and lifted up over she is is in timeout right now I just believe they should be the same. Uh, Third Love offers more than 80 sizes, including their signature half cup sizes. Skip the trip. Mm. Find the fit. Child, that was a whole tagline. (laughs) Skip the trip. Find the fit with Third Love's online fit finder. Order and try them at home. No more awkward fitting room experiences. Over 14 million women have taken the quiz to date. That's today Mm. when you listen it. It's actually really fun and really easy. It's very simple. Every customer has 60 days to wear it, wash it, and put it to the test. The bra. And if you don't love it, return it. And Third Love will wash it and donate it to a woman in need. I love that. 
Me too. That's actually my favorite. We've had really good sponsors oh for today's gosh. episode because they like weave in really good. But yeah. all the ones that are like here for women empowerment, I'm here for you too. Did you know, like, I felt like I had learned something about the universe when I f- heard that you need to be fitted for a bra. You do, people. And then I had it done and I was like, well, <laughs> why didn't I know this about 30 years ago? <laughs> <laughs> don't be out here thinking you know and don't know. Yes. Get fitted. You need ma'ams. to be fitted for your bra. Ma'ams, get fitted. <laughs> so they're high and lifted up. Uh, high I'm and lifted up. All the time now. Third love knows there's a perfect bra for everyone, even you, the person with the most uncomfortable bra. So right now they're offering my listeners 15% off your first order. Go to thirdlove.com slash love hour now to find your perfect fitting bra and get 15% off your first pre- per- purchase. That's thirdlove.com slash love hour for 15% off. Go there today. Tag me in your post because ain't no way in a row you not going to like these bras. Okay. I just dare you to not like them. First of all, Dr. Shepard, I love you. I love love you too. I just feel like this is like. We're in a love hour relationship. We are. (laughs) I just feel like this was such a great conversation. I've learned so much. And again, I just feel like it was the perfect ending to this series. I'm so glad you did this. Mm. You like committed and really went out and said, I'm going to help women. And over the course of a month. So you didn't just like do one. Mm -mm. You just did over the course of a month. And look at us today. Look Mm. at us today. Answering all of y'all. All all my questions. Okay. All right. We're going to finish the sex portion. Um, We're going to end with the current event one. But I'll get there. Yes. One question that comes up a lot Mm -hmm. is vaginal dryness. And we talked about this a little bit with... um, the period doctor, mm-hmm. Dr. Chambers. Yes. And it came up again. So I don't know what, where I, maybe you can answer mm-hmm. and I'll try to think about what I feel like was missing in that. Um, but a lot of women experience vaginal dryness. And actually there's like two sides. A lot of women are either experiencing vaginal dry, dryness or people feel like they have excessive mm-hmm. Lubrication. Thank you. Lubrication. Yes. So first one, how, what can we do to minimize dryness without Mm -hmm. lube was one of the questions. She said, is it my diet? Is it something else? Like, what can we do? Let's start out and I'm going to tell you what I think of the vagina. It's a canal. Yes. Just so you know. Yes, it's a canal. And it's irrigated. I think that's the correct term. You know what? We need your diploma here right now to hang on the back. send it to me, (laughs) Melissa Fredericks, F-R-E-D-E-R-I-C-K-S. You're going to see it in the back (laughs) next episode. But the vagina is like a, I call it a tube sock. So if you had a tube and it has a blind ending at that top Mm -hmm. is the cervix. Yes. And the entire sock is the vagina. It's a canal. And it's like... That was a good... Yes. Analogy. Mm -hmm. Analogies help me too. Um, And it's like a wine cellar. Mm. A wine cellar, in order to keep wine where you need it, you have to have it at a certain temperature, Mm -hmm. right? So you don't walk into a wine cellar and it's like completely cold or completely hot, right? It's just that right temperature. Mm -hmm. The vagina pH, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you've discussed that, is very important. Yes. Yes. And so when that pH is shifted, that's 4.5, 4.2. I'm done here. I'm wrapping up because she just... (laughs) But yes, that's the pH. And so anytime it's shifted, just like Dr. King said, is when you might have your yeast infections and your bacterial vaginosis. So that's a vaginitis infection issue. Okay. Just so you know, yeast infections and bacterial vaginosis are not STDs. They are not sexually transmitted. Mm. It has to do with the wine cellar effect and the pH. 
So women who... So in your analogy, the yes. wine cellar, the temperature is the pH balance. Yes. Got you. Yes. And so you want to maintain that pH. Mm-hmm. And those can be affected by... So for example, when you brought up someone who has a lube issue, mm-hmm. one, I'm very much for lube. I think people think that it's like an old woman thing. Mm-hmm. No, slap that lube on, okay? Use it liberally. I mean, it should be all over the place when you're using it. If you're going to use it, and do not be ashamed to use lube. That's good. That's probably part of this, is that yes. we feel shame using Why? it. Like our bodies well, that, you know where that came from that came from the porn industry Mm. and so the porn industry suggested to both men and women that if it's not super lubricated and it's not flying all over the place from like natural Mm -hmm. uh, secretions then something's wrong with you Mm -hmm. but that's actually not true gotcha and so lube is okay to use but some people who use lube Mm -hmm. actually it changes their ph Ah. Most women, I would say, are not affected by lube, but there are some that are. Okay. So that's when they would. What was the the brand that you brought? Lola. Up? Yes. So those types. So that, when they say with females in mind, that's what they're talking. Yes. Ta- oh. They are actually tuning into the products that they found in other lubricants that were causing a shift in the pH, and they were like, "Let's take some of those out." Full circle moments happening here. And so now that women who had those issues before can use some of those other lubricants that are naturally based and not have that pH shift. Got you. Yes. So that's like a whole vaginal infection issue, which is, again, not STDs. Mm -hmm. Yeast and BV, pH issues. So then you have women who have vaginal dryness. Again, women should not be ashamed if they have it because we have younger women who have vaginal dryness issues. Most women who have it, a menopausal issue because of that estrogen, the wonder drug is gone and it dries up the tissue and your vagina is like, help, help, help me. So that's why women, usually menopausal, I'll start, I'll say, try lube, see how it works. Mm -hmm. But there are so many things to fix that rugated tissue, as Uh you said, which now becomes flat. Oh. In menopause, so it creates Be- that fragile tissue. Hold on, hold on. Yes, hold on. You're getting a moment. Yeah, I, I am. Yes, I yes, am. yes. Okay, so rugated means that it has like these indentations. Rig- indentations. Yes. Thank you. And so is estrogen what's causing that? Yes, it contributes to the ability for your tissue to do that. It creates the collagen factors, the growth factors mm. that allows it to be that nice tissue that is flexible, which is why it's like that because when you bear a child, it allows it to stretch. And come Got back. You. See, Jesus was smart. He's he like, let me smart. like that vagina rugated. Oh, I love <laughs> it. So at menopause, obviously, if estrogen is not there, you're not having children. The tissue becomes flat. And therefore, during intercourse, it can become dry, irritated, fragile. And that's when you have the pain during sex. So lube is one. But there are things in technology okay. that we can do. So I do in my office. So hormone replacement therapy helps with that estrogen, getting that back. Mm-hmm. But in order to get those growth factors in collagen, I do vaginal rejuvenation. Ooh. So that's like using... Someone those- asked that. Tell yes. me. Yes. So I love vaginal rejuvenation. It is like game changing because what it does is it allows like use a laser. You can okay. use CO2 laser. You can use um, radio frequency as the technology. But we insert a wand into the vagina. Okay. And we basically penetrate through very small micro like arrays of this energy and heat to get to that basement membrane of the vagina to allow the collagen to come back. So it's almost as if like it shocks it. It wakes it up. It's like, hey, collagen member (laughs) and it recruits its friends. It's like, hey, guys, collagen, we're supposed to be doing something. And it brings it back to the neighborhood, gets in the wine cellar and the canal and allows the tissue to respond as if. You were premenopausal, so the secretions increase. A lot of women who have urinary leakage mm-hmm. will notice that they will have resolution or, again, improving that because we're getting the tissue 
increasing the resistance and the flexibility of the tissue so they're not having these issues. Okay, so when you just, whoa, when you just said this, it, I don't know if this is accurate, but I'm gonna tell you what my mind yes. thought of, a facial. She needs her degree. Listen, right, give it to me. Do you know when women come in my office and they are like a little bit hesitant or like, you wanna do what to my vagina? Mm -hmm. I say, bring it up to your face. That is exact. did you? Stop mind reading. I promise you, the only reason why is because I get facials pretty regularly because I'm acne prone. And um, one of the things that they yeah. do when they do the like radio frequency, or I don't know if that's actually the yes, right word. Okay, it is. And they um, they're stimulating your skin. It produces collagen. It's making your skin. It's doing all the things that you were just talking about. In your vagina. So basically, so I'm not even like, needed here because she just explained everything. I bring it right back up to face. I say when people go and we get older, what is our what does our skin do? It right. sags. sags. Our our natural fat pads in our face start to sag. Yes. So that's why you get, you know, the, the hollows in your eyes. And so when we use radio frequency or even CO2 on your face, it's to stimulate the collagen, which allows it to retain water. So it hydrates it. It pulls back the collagen. We just brought that technology to the vagina. So just like people would run to go rejuvenate their face and make the collagen come back and restore and hydrate and hold the yes. water. It's the same thing we do in the I vaginal space. And bring it from here to here. I got it. Yes. And so that's that allows people to make that connection. They're like, oh, it's the same technology. We just changed a few things on it and allowed it to affect the vaginal tissue the way that it affects face. So you just made that really easy for me. Thank you. Radio frequency CO2, vaginal rejuvenation, carboxy gel treatment is new. What it's is on it? the market. So carboxy gel is, again, something that they used to do with face. Okay. So they do this in Japan on your face. So carboxy CO2 treatment, which mm -hmm. is carbon dioxide. Mm -hmm. I did know that. If you apply it to <laughs> tissue okay. in humans, it it activates oxygen to bring oxygen because to the Because oxygen face. and carbon, they bind. And so now we've applied that technology okay. with the CO2 Lift for V. Okay. And that is a product I will actually send you. Please do. A CO2 Lift V, which now we take carboxy gel treatment and apply it to the vaginal tissue mm. and does the same technology. Look at Jesus. Ain't he good? Mm -hmm. <laughs> he is good today. Shall do the rejuvenation. Yes. And so what's another thing that they do on face? Tell us. Vampire facial. Oh, I don't know this. So this is when we draw blood from oh, you. I yes. Do. Mm -hmm. And we, we spin it down and we take all that plasma rich uh, platelets off of the blood I have heard of and this. put it right back into your face. We do the same thing in the vagina. And Are these I make invasive? injections. They don't sound very they're, invasive. No, they're not. They're office procedures. And not a lot of downtime. People can come on their lunch and get it done. Oh, wow. So the O shot. So that's good for kind of stimulation during sex we can inject that same prp mm -hmm. into the clitoris yes we can mm -hmm. but we can also inject it in the vaginal tissue to do the same thing restore and use your own blood supply in your plasma to bring all that stuff back people to the probably vagina. like that because they don't feel like it's not bringing yeah. in something that's foreign to their body and do you see what options yes we just there was a options yeah, you did and that's what people need to realize is that there's so many options out there but you just need to discuss them and find what's best for you i want you to be in la can people i'm moving everyone this? i'm moving to la i want so. you to be my doctor <laughs> can you do these things and not be menopausal yes okay because yes uh, 
So radio frequency, because you brought that up yourself, because you're just so smart and I really shouldn't be here. No, but I need you, child. <laughs> I do need you. But I get facials all the time, so I, that's the connection I was making. Radio frequency is a little bit different than CO2 because it's more tightening, mm. right? So when people want like a tightening effect on their face, so for pa- patients who have had women who have had like children and they feel their vagina is a little lax, mm. radio frequency vaginal rejuvenation is really good because it tightens. You could even do this is like going. This is like mind blowing deep. You can even do what we call like a labiaplasty, which Ooh. is when you make your labia a little bit firmer and tighter with radio frequency. Why would you need to do that? Because some people just want, they don't like the way their vagina looks Oh, externally. okay, this is like cosmetic. Yeah, this is cosmetic. Okay. And so for menopause, same thing, face sagging, same thing that happens in the ah. vaginal space. So they might come and say either I've had a lot of children and my you know labia are, are sagging a little bit or they're older, so they have that little bit of, laxity in their skin down there and we can rejuvenate that and plump it up and make it tight in office done. did you know that this was a thing <laughs> joshua Why are you asking me? he's his jaws did dropped. you know I, I knew that you could i didn't know the details of everything but i knew that there was construction she thing. said there's construction. construction things going on down, like a hard hat and everything right. mm-hmm. yeah, I, <laughs> I didn't know <laughs> I just was today yes. years old. All of these are done in office. Everything that I've listed is in office. The carboxy gel treatment, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you can do at home. So that's something that you, like uh, when I send it to you, you would take it home and do. You don't, Kev doesn't even need to, to do it for you. You can do it yourself. DIY. I love it. <laughs> okay, so I have one more question then yeah. about this. Um, is this specialized? Like, can we go to, not we, but our audience generally, yeah. we're everywhere. Is this a procedure that most OBGYNs would offer or mm-hmm. would you? No. Not most. I knew it. I knew you was a special good, good one. But they're, I wouldn't <laughs> say they're hard to find, but you will find GYNs who will, you know, very outwardly say we do these procedures in our office. Like and advertise that. Absolutely. Yeah. So if you, I mean, because everyone's on social media nowadays, right? So you can either, I usually think that um, Instagram is a great way to find people who Me do too. it. So if you like typed in vaginal rejuvenation as a, you know, a hashtag or um, any of the treatments that I mentioned, usually the doctors that do it know and then they'll tag that. So oh, that's, that's a great good. way to find it. But if you are in Dallas, Texas, come on and tell us, come on and see me because I will do all of those things in office. Oh my gosh, you are fabulous. We're going to, what did construct the vagina? You were going to do the chat. <laughs> construct, construct. I love it. Okay, last question yes. we're going to end on. So there's a video that has been going around um, do tell. the, the uh, social media universe of a particular pastor. We're not going to say what we Kev won't said. Say, we won't say what Kev said. <laughs> and he was, he, shut up. And he was giving, um, Cunnilingus, mm-hmm. okay, and I'm trying to be good here, and um, he was doing it from follow me mm-hmm. front to back mm-hmm. and then back to front. So those the the action was going both ways, right? Okay, follow, and so um, sexologist Shamira, she was a guest on our podcast, love her, was talking about the risk mm-hmm. of bacterial vaginosis, which we just learned is not an STD. Not um, yes. so. Tell us number one, what is bacteria vaginosis, mm-hmm. and maybe the correct way, yeah, um, to give vagino or not vaginosis to give <laughs> cunnilingus, yes, so that we are not at risk for infection. Yeah. So basically, what Shamira was explaining is now it's the same thing you learn when you learn to wipe, right? Mm-hmm. As a female, 
you do front to back and not back to front. Um, because if you think of the proximity mm-hmm. of the vaginal opening and the urethra mm-hmm. and the anus, right? They're in very close proximity, but we do know- I don't know, I don't know this anatomy, so okay. Yeah, so women, we have three holes, everyone. Three, not two. And so really what we're trying to do is prevent anal bacteria from coming vaginally or even to the urethra because that's how you can get a UTI. Got it. And creating. So it's just, they're different spaces. They like each other, these spaces. (laughs) But sometimes if they come in too close proximity as far as their bacteria, there are bacteria that are native to the anal tract Mm -hmm. and not to the vaginal space. I got you. So what happens is when we're talking about that wine cellar, Mm -hmm. so some of that bacteria might get into the wine cellar and set everything off, and then you get a bacterial vaginosis. So bacterial vaginosis, if we were to think of like a a term, a actual definition, is when you have the normal cells that are in your flora Mm -hmm. of the vagina. And what happens is something shifts that, whether it's because you used lube that's not good for your vaginal space or a condom. Some people are very sensitive to condoms. Or if you have now a bacteria that was in that area and is now in the vaginal space, it sets the pH off Got you. and then it creates like a playground for that already native bacteria in the vagina to overgrow. Literally, they have a house party. That's what they do. I got you. They basically are like, oh, you want to change the pH? Okay, we're going to go wild in here. <laughs> and so they overgrow and they overgrow. And the job when, when, so that's what sets off that odor is because that's an amine odor and that's what is the pH balance is shifted. So when women come to us, all our job really to Wait, do- Wait, what type of order, order did you- Amine. Some people say amine, amine, A- Which am- means- It's just a nitrogen. Like ammonia, ammonia? Yes. Oh, okay. Look at you, she's already did the chemistry portion of what I just said. I was said. trying to make, connect. I was struggling. <laughs> yes, so, so it's it- that odor that comes off that's nitrogen based and it's basically the ammonia. Okay. Right? And so again, this is all natural. It's mm-hmm. just the symptom that we get is very annoying. And frustrating. Mm-hmm. So that's what our job as gynecologists to do is to shift that pH back so it corrects everything in that excess bacteria that was supposed to be there. We just basically tell the party y'all about, go home. yeah, some of y'all got to go home because there's too many people. The fire hazard, you know, mm-hmm. fire marshal's going to show up because there's too many people in here. And so once we shift it back, that's when you get to the correct pH. That's when you're fine. Do That was great. When you are experienced BB, BB, because it sounds like then you can get it from looking back and forth or from sex, just from the natural, because we talked about the vagina being um, acidic and semen being alkaline. And so that's going to disrupt the pH. It can. Um, So then what do you, you are now, your pH is all out of whack. Mm -hmm. You smell like ammonia. What are some things that you can do? Mm-hmm. Do you have to go to the doctor and get? You don't. Antibi- okay. I think that there are women who there are things that don't shift their pH. Mm-hmm. So when it happens, we can correct it with you know one treatment. Whether it's a, a daily treatment for seven days, we can do a gel that you can insert for five days. You can also do there's a new um, medication that you can take as a granule form, and you like put it in applesauce or ah, pudding. Got you. And you can so it's all done to set the pH back. There are women who have what we call chronic BV. Mm-hmm. And we usually t- uh, specify that as if you have four episodes or more per year. That's when we kind of have to train the vaginal pH to be better. We're like, can you do better? Mm-hmm. So we usually put them on a longer regimen and then monthly we'll put them on like one tablet or the one-time dosage of the granules because we really want that pH to remember. So it's every month you're like, member, you're supposed to, gotcha. mm, I'm gonna check you. Mm-hmm. 
But we also want women to know their triggers. What are they eating? Yes. A lot of my women, if you're diabetic, mm-hmm. the, mm, this goes to overall health and how it can affect vaginal health. Okay. So women who are diabetic, mm-hmm. who don't control their sugars, will have a lot of BV and yeast infections. Control the sugar, so meaning you need to minimize your sugar intake. Right, so when they do like their sugar draws and they're over, they're not taking their medications, and so their sugar is consistently mm-hmm. high, that actually messes with the pH of the vagina, and many women will come to me with chronic BV or yeast because they're not controlling their sugars. Gotcha. So that's a diet thing. Mm-hmm. Then you have women who, something's just set it off, whether they're this, the person they're with, the semen sets it off, mm-hmm. which is fine. Like that is not a bad problem. We just have to know what that trigger is so we can control it. Sure. Or using certain condoms. So there are different things that can have women fall into that category of chronic BV or yeast versus if you're episodic. Like what woman has not had an episode of yeast or BV in their life? Right. And that's fine because we can correct it. It's it. when it starts to become chronic, chronic. that okay. it's annoying. And you're saying more than four in a year. Yeah. So we'll have women who'll be like, Every time I have a period, there are women who have every time because that blood is shifting the pH. Yes. So those are women who like notice it every time they have their period or they're like every three months, I just have this BV. So we just need to pay better attention to them. That's where I think that women can be a better advocate for themselves is find a GYN who's like, you have chronic BV, let's start a different regimen for you. Because what happens is they get treated every time Mm -hmm. they have one and then they're, they're treated, they're like taking medication every time they get one that's not fun no it's not so lifestyle things and also finding someone who can help you change it from a chronic issue to maybe just like once or twice a year that that's success to me yeah it is if you're not getting it every month and so i know some of the things that i have read is Mm -hmm. like urinating after sex can help yep um i don't does cranberry actually help so i've done a lot of actual uh articles about this and and tv episodes is so there is the there is Is that women will be like oh my gosh i have a uti i'm gonna drink a ton of cranberry juice Mm mm-hmm the caveat with that is that yes, it helps, but when they were doing studies, they use usually natural cranberry juice, which does not taste like your maybe ocean spray cranberry the juice. The cocktail. Because it has like a ton of sugar in it. Mm-hmm. So then you're kind of like pouring all that sugar back. You're like, here, let me put all this sugar back into my body. Mm-hmm. So really water is gonna help flush out that bacteria for mm-hmm. UTI. Yes, cranberry can help. Usually it may be in the form of like a, a pill. pill or natural cranberry juice because it's not sugar loaded. So just make it's sure you do that. It's gonna make you weak right here. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, okay, so that was good. So water, I have noticed that I am more prone to, I thought they were UTIs and now I'm like, maybe they were BVs, I'm not, uh, yeah, I feel like I all need like to. Yeah, the, they're in the same neighborhood. Okay, yeah, yeah, I'd be like, I don't know now. I got all this information, <laughs> I thought I knew, I don't know now. Um, but I've noticed that if I am more on the dehydrated, mm-hmm. which usually is brought on if I'm like, I'm gonna have wine every day. Right. Um, <laughs> and so I get dehydrated, I am more prone mm-hmm. to BV. So I feel like that's, my personal testimony so i feel like my like hydration has hydration something. has a lot to do with it so if you i'm like i feel that you should not decrease your wine intake i'm gonna co-sign help on that me. Help but me i will challenge you when you drink wine to drink like a two to one ratio two two glasses of water to a glass of wine darn i was hoping you was gonna say two glasses of wine no ma'am one glass she, tried she tried it she tried it but no that is, that's not the ratio <laughs> 
You, Let's do be you clear. want your degree or not? Listen, you gonna hold it back for a glass of wine? I want the wine. So it's kind of like just you're like, okay, I can have this wine, but I'm gonna make sure I hydrate myself after, so that give your kidneys a chance to filtrate. Give them some water. Help them out. I'm here for okay, it. Okay, thank I'm you. A, a can we go back quickly to that social media? Yes. Um, thing is that here's what I so I don't I didn't watch the video, but I've heard lots about the video. One, I think that it should not detract from the fact that oral sex is bad, mm-hmm. right? I think I think all the other things that came around it and who did it and where they did it, mm-hmm. whatever. But oral sex is very healthy, mm-hmm. okay? So that should not detract from it. Now, I do agree with the front to back, back to front thing, but I don't necessarily want people to be like, oh my gosh, okay, wait, stop what you're doing. Okay, wait, can we go from like front to back? Okay, wait. Don't take well, from we, the all head, Excuse right. me, one lick. That's it. <laughs> right. And, None of this. And then we're done. And okay. And I make sure you no go BBs. from. I mean that. Could you imagine that? I would want. That's mm. going to take. I away do from not. Right. Exactly. So that would ruin the whole the whole sex episode. But I think if if that were to happen, mm-hmm. if they're like, oh, maybe I. So then, like you said, urinate after, and then maybe take a bath and. And don't be excessive. Please, women, stop, like, putting, like, detergent and bleach oh, up do your vaginal canal. Okay? All right? No douchey, none no, of that. No, like, stop it. So it doesn't mean you, like, run to the bathroom and, again, ruin the <laughs> ruin the, the moment. moment with, like, I got to pee and, like, shove some bleach up my vagina. Stop it. Just maybe politely say, I'm going to go tinkle. You know, like, still make it sexy. I'm just going to go tinkle. Just and then maybe, tinkle. like wipe with a wipe one of the wipes you mentioned see Lola how, see how I brought that back yes, in yes you're excellent and when you wipe wipe from front to back okay we're gonna learn a lot today and also just maybe like use excess water to kind of just clear out the area right so I do think that one we can use that as a learning lesson but two like don't to take away from the that you can't have oral sex and now if it goes from good. back to front then mm-hmm. just ruin no just still be sexy about it be like, excuse me I'm going to go use the bathroom. <laughs> Hair flip, yes. mama. And then don't be shoving bleach and detergent up your vagina in the bathroom. No. Just small little wipe with your Lola wipes. Oh, <laughs> this has been fantastical. I'm just like on cloud nine. And you got a degree at the end. I did. I mean, what better way to end a podcast? I think, I hope that we have answered all of your questions. Yes. This has been most inform- informative and informational and helpful and empowering and just all of the things that I needed it to be. Thank you so much. You are um, so welcome. So, so, so much. I'm just like over, like I'm like. She's bubbling. I am. I am <laughs> bubbling. Um, so I want to end, of course, with um, allowing people to follow you. All Yay. the people that have been on the podcast have gotten, I feel like, at least 700 to a thousand new followers so thank you guys for supporting my guests um so please tell the people where they can find you Mm -hmm. um again your practice and all of the things yeah so obviously i am in dallas Mm -hmm. texas um but my practice there so even if you're anywhere and you want i have patients who fly in for certain surgeries or vaginal rejuvenation dallas texas but on instagram i am jessica shepherd md that's j-e-s-s-i-c-a-s-h-e-p-h-e-r-d-m-d Um, and I'm also Dallas gynecologist mm. on IG. So I do a lot of like my IG stories. I going don't follow over. you on Dallas. Yeah, it's not as like 
out there. It okay. has a lot to do more with the sexual health, but that's where I'll answer like a lot more sexual health questions. I really focus on that. Um, and I really, if people DM me questions, mm-hmm. I will try to answer those in stories. Oh, that's nice. And I will, I will not name you. Right. I will address the question. On Twitter, I am a little bit angry on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I, it's a little bit political, but I still do focus on women's health on Twitter. And that's J Shepherd underscore md so that's j-s-h-e-p-h-e-r-d underscore md and to my women out there who have probably helped me as far as like being in social media and media i started out on facebook Mm. and i started out on facebook on her viewpoint so Mm. her viewpoint was my initial like kind of launch into i want to help women and address them and their issues so her viewpoint community on facebook is really kind of like my baby where i started all of this and that's where i post a lot of like facebook lives or like articles that are helpful Mm -hmm. to for women to know what the actual science is behind but it's not like overwhelming yeah and that's where i house a lot of like content for actual information on facebook so her viewpoint community so those are my three platforms. Oh, that's great. I yes. highly recommend that you guys follow um, Dr. Shepard and especially on Facebook because articles and yes. all of that, that mm-hmm. information in um, formats that are digestible, yes. well, something information that you'll hold on to and keep and mm-hmm. remember so you don't feel helpless because having chronic BVs and feeling like this, there's nothing I can do about it, I but know. you've given us tips and tricks yeah. on BVs and sex and uh, fiber. I mean, you've given us so much information that is more than just head knowledge. You've given us things that we can take in our everyday lives to make our bodies work so we can Tube live our socks best lives. and wine Tube cellars and mm-hmm, all sorts of things. I love it. Thank you again <laughs> Thank so you for having me. much. I'm, I'm so excited. honored and humbled to be here. Aww. And I think your audience is very like, they, they are very good to have someone like you who advocates for them and listens. Because, I mean, even when I came in this morning, you're like, I got more questions. Mm-hmm. And people were mm-hmm. so people want to hear from you. And I'm glad that I was able to um, use your platform and your vision mm-hmm. to get this information to women. Thank you. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> you were just so great. I want to <laughs> cry. Um, thank you guys so much for joining us. This is the last episode of the Four Women Only um, series. This was my soft launch, but um, we'll be doing this again next year. I just got to figure out a new topic. So send them to me if you have some um, at hello at the love hour.com. Okay. Um, also, last minute announcements. We have the Love Hour conference coming up July 9th, 10th, and 11th in Atlanta, Georgia. Tickets are still available if you are single you were not forgotten about i did not forget about you please go get your tickets thelovehour.com look at all the speakers they're amazing we have a pajama jam for women with amazing speakers and it will be a great time it'll be fun it'll be a blast um we also have the plus one coming up in charlotte we know that you're tired of going to the same date nights just doing dinner just doing the same thing over and over and over and over again i'm sick of doing it that's why i was like we need to do something different so what am i doing a date night curated i'm taking on all the planning the first one will be a, a murder mystery dinner curtain Christmas murder mystery dinner is going to be so much fun. That's cool. Dinner is included in your ticket. A good time is included in your ticket. Joshua will be there. He's included in your ticket. Um, you can bring your plus one, whether that's your spouse, your partner, your friend, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, or if you want to go alone, feel free. You can be me and Kevin's plus one. The link to buy tickets is in the bio. We're almost 50% sold out. Make sure you buy your tickets. And I think that's it. Until the next time. Bye.